two movies, three rounds, one winner. Welcome to the Movie Battle Podcast. And it's Friday, and it's another edition, and I'm joined by... The one and only Eamon. And I'm the one of many, Liam. Welcome. Welcome, welcome. Uh, last week was the Raid versus Dread, and now talk about a huge shift. A, a slight jump. A slight turn in... Uh, <laughs> In style and in in theme, and, I think in uh, every capacity. I think there's almost nothing similar in any way. Well, like, they're both films. Yeah, that's probably they're the both only, and movies. <laughs> I was going to say they were all American movies, but they're not because the raid was um, Indonesian. Yes, and directed by a Welshman, written and directed by a Welshman. So in no way American. Yeah. So you're really struggling to find any similarities at all, <laughs> apart from they're all films. Yes, that's about it, really. But look, they all count. Uh, I think it's kind of a cool way to show that we're trying to, um, as we kind of slightly, you alluded to it slightly last week, we're trying to be diverse in terms of what we watch and what we uh, kind of review and compare. So I think I think it, it, it's a cool thing to do to really jump and shift from one kind of genre of film to another. Yeah. Magnitude, you know? I think it, it make, keeps it interesting for us. And hopefully keeps it interesting for the viewers or the listeners and bo- or both if you're watching it on YouTube, you know, all power to you for sitting through a still image for an hour and 58 minutes. But, you know, um, but if not, I understand. I don't take offense for not staring at that still image for uh, two hours. But um, in case you didn't know what the, <laughs> like, the, the, you didn't know what the titles are, if you've been listening, you haven't noticed the titles. The films that we are reviewing and comparing are. Oh, these things. <laughs> Uh, Wally, which came out in 2008 and was directed by Andrew Stanton, up against Up, directed by Pete Doctor. I think it's Doctor. <laughs> doctor, Pete Doctor. Doctor, yeah, this is yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which came out in 2009, a year later. I didn't realize that they were. Um, actually, I knew they were both kind of late 2000s, like, mm. but I didn't realize there was, just, there was just a year between them. I thought Wally maybe by about 2006. Uh, but it was 2008, so... Yeah, in, in my mind, I always had Up first because I saw Up in cinema because I'd kind of forgotten... I rem- I kind of forgotten how good Pixar were. Um, I, Obviously, back in the day, I saw Toy Story, saw Toy Story 2. Although I don't think I really saw it in full. I think I saw a bit of Toy Story 2. I think I saw it in school or something. And we had to, you know, it was typical, you know, you see half of a movie and then go on to the next class or whatever for a couple of free classes. Um, but, yeah, so I kind of forgot that Pixar made amazing movies. And then uh, on a whim, just on the, I think the trailer, said, oh, let's me and a buddy of mine, let's go see that movie up and see what it looks interesting enough. And I know we're st- I'm not starting it up, but just that's w- that what got me back into Pixar. And then I went on to Wally. I found Wally after I found up. So I always associate up earlier than Wally, but Wally was the film released first. Just out of curiosity, you said that it got you back into Pixar. Mm. Aside from Toy Story, what other Pixar films had you seen at that point? Um, I think I'd only seen Toy Story and Toy Story Two. I think I saw Monsters Inc. as well, but. 
I watched it again as an adult and I I think I feel like I only fully understood it as an adult. I think the same with Toy Story less so because it's a story of friendship and which is a themes that um I can you know relate to any age. But Monsters Inc. deals with um I, look, we're not, we're not reviewing Monsters Inc. Yeah. Monsters Inc. is another film that I think we could have done, you know, in this episode and I'd love to do in the future. Um, um with that I think we'll we'll jump in. Yeah. We'll jump into it. So, uh, round one, music. And the uh, music for Wally, um, well, the score for Wally, because there is other uh, songs used. There's some songs in there. Yeah, yeah. There, was a, there was a soundtrack as well as a score. But the score was composed by Thomas Newman. And um, it, it, it grabs you straight away from me. You know, when it opens up, on um well actually it's not Thomas Newman that, that grabs you but it is the um I'd never I'd I'd never seen or heard I'd heard of Hello Dolly this is the movie that the the song is taken from open was it no um put on your Sunday clothes it's called um it's taken from the musical Hello Dolly I'd heard of Hello Dolly but I'd never seen it I'm not really a musical fan you're not either it, it, well, this, is that the song that opened that opens the film? Yeah, yeah. Because it's interesting because when it started, what went through my head was like, "Oh God, no, not a musical." Really? That's the first. No, that was the first thing I thought. I was like, "Oh God!" I just, I just heard this song and I was like, "Oh, there's gonna be a lot of singing in this." Pixar song. don't do musicals. Yeah, I well, that's what went through my head in inter internally. Like I was like, "Oh no," but um. The song actually didn't really grow on me as yeah. the film went on. It actually is a really good song. I think I was just expecting when I heard it initially, I was like, just got worried. I was like, I hate musicals. <laughs> like, some, there's some really good Disney films, but I would fast forward the songs usually. Except really? Scar's one. And, Scar's one and The Lion King is fantastic. But mm. usually, What about um, Hakuna Matata? You'd skip past that? It's okay. Like, that was fine. But I just, a Art of Circle of, of Life. Mm. You don't so that's not really a musical. Is... That's just a song in the film. Yeah, but I mean, it's. Very... I'm talking about when the character starts singing. I know, I know what you mean. It is a little different, but I don't know. Anyway, I really like the song. I just initially that's okay. What I thought, I we'll discuss that, we'll that yeah. another time. Uh, maybe we'll do Aladdin versus The Lion King or something. Um, but um, yeah, so it opens up with with that song um, from Hello Dolly, and the juxtaposition. Well, it's a word that you've probably heard me use, I think, every week. I love that word. I think uh, I use it a lot, but I like when I see it in in things. So the juxtaposition of the chirpy, happy music as we see this beautiful, majestic, you know, solar display. And then we just zoom in through the filth of the state of the earth. And then you have this happy, happy music playing over the sad, somber state of of the earth it's um it grabs you and then it actually really kind of has a point to it you know um mm -hmm. i thought it worked really well in quickly setting up the scene obviously the visuals play a massive part as well but it, it worked really well but then after or do you or yeah for the hello dolly bit then um then thomas newman's score comes in and you have that shot of wally just as he's descending this giant skyscraper of uh, of rubbish that he has assembled over, I mean, I don't know how long it would take him to do that. I mean, I, I know he's been working for around 700 years while he has. It's interesting because I was going to ask um, 
because I didn't just a note taken down for obviously just for later, but mm. just about Wally. I wonder how long he'd been. Injured, yeah, because you know they had the dates of the captains later on in the movie. They show the dates of when each captain served, and they show the newest captain. And I can't remember what it is. It's like twenty six something. Yeah. So it's around seven hundred years. So since, been there a long time. Then. Yeah. Um. So he, he. I mean, and so when you see him descend that stack, that skyscraper of rubbish, and then he's. He's driving through um, this post-apocalyptic world because that's exactly what it is. It's a post-apocalyptic film, and that sad, eerie music as we see. Yeah, him, do, you know? do they have like a really nice, um, have like a really nice kind of, it's like an echo effect mm, they kind of use, yeah. or like sometimes we call it the arena effect. Um, <laughs> you refer to it, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, that but, was really cool. I thought, yeah, uh, to really use that. I think they were using the song again. For that too, as well. They, what, they, they, what they had was I love when they, it was Wally's recording of the song, so it was he was playing it back, and that's why it kind of fades in and out as he cuts around corners and as he kind of comes towards us, you hear the "Put on Your Sunday Clothes" mu- song come back in because Wally loves the song mm-hmm. and he loves listening to it while he works, like we all do. We all put on music while we work, and he was putting it on back because it made him happy. Um, Our podcast. <laughs> What our podcast? Our podcast. <laughs> Maybe he listened to us the next week. Um, yeah, so I I I loved the 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 mood set by that straight away. It was just the the prints on their clothes and then Newman's score coming in. I thought it worked really really well. There's a nice bit um when when Eve first comes into it where. You kind of see her kind of flying around and he's kind of looking on in awe and wonder. Oh, and it's yeah. just kind of like, again, the music kind of encapsulates that, that kind of sense of awe and wonder yeah. that he's feeling. And the, it's like the music kind of really brought that to the fore. I thought, yeah, yeah. The, the one with the, it's like the harp strings and, and then the, the other instruments come in afterwards as she's soaring through. And I think that's the moment when Wally, I think that's the moment when he falls for her. Mm-hmm. Like he was interested and he was intrigued because obviously he's so lonely. I mean, yeah. maybe he's not seen. I know he has his pet, the cockroach, the cockroach which he's yeah. just found, which I think is hilarious. That um, the only thing left alive on the earth. I mean, there isn't even plants, but there's still a cockroach left. <laughs> One cockroach. Because that's you know the joke is that the only thing left after uh, nuclear, you know, post-apocalypse is cockroaches. Mm-hmm. Um, because they're so resilient. Mm. I mean, that's the joke, kind of in in a lot of pop culture. Um, but yeah, so he's obviously intrigued by this being coming down. Um, but I think that that scene when she flies and soars through the air so majestically, that's when he falls for her. And the music that accompanies that flight, really, you know, it, it really is quite beautiful. And it actually comes back in. I'm jumping a little bit ahead, but it actually comes back in later when. Remember after Wally saves the plant after the robot had thrown it out into space mm. with him and he escapes with the plant and uh, Eve, you know, is so happy that he has saved it and they kiss and they, well, can touch faces and then they start dancing. And in that, when they start dancing, it, it is a different version of Eve's theme mm-hmm. um, plays. And it's actually, I think, even a better version um, there's like it's it's like it sounds more complex, which I think it kind of symbolizes that it's it's even Wally this time dancing together. Previously it was just Eve, mm. but now it's even Wally coming together, and and it, I think that's probably I think even a better version of, of it, and it was it's just beautiful. Really yeah, there, there was definitely nice like the music kind of I guess Wally and Eve's theme 
together yeah. was nice. And I really liked the what was the name of the song again? But it was Put on your Sunday yeah, clothes. Yeah, that was really that was really good as well. Yeah, and, and then they also just so you're going back a little bit, but remember when um when Wally first goes back to his little apartment and uh, we will see him watching Hello Dolly. And the song there is a different song. It, it's um uh what is it? It is It Only Takes a Moment. And that's the one where they're holding hands. You know, that is the one that really that kind of sticks with him more so. Um, there, there's two different songs from Hello Dolly used used in the film. But it only takes a moment is the one that kind of sells the the romantic endeavor yeah. for him. You know, the, the romantic element. Um, um, and I, I love that uh, they use because obviously and, you know, something I even I didn't even realize it until afterwards I was reading. What, um, well, actually, no, it was a documentary I watched afterwards, so one, of the, one of the behind-the-scenes documentaries. And uh, and uh, uh, Stanton talks about uh, how... I'm not sure. I don't think it was that Pixar were reluctant, but I think he was saying that at most other studios, there would be reluctance when you're putting forward a movie that has no words for 20 minutes. Yeah, that's something I'm actually going to touch on. Yeah, no, no we'll, we'll get back to that later. But it, because of obviously the fact that Wally doesn't speak, you have to convey emotion. So they use obviously his sounds and and, and his, his things, eyes, but, but his eyes. But they also use the pop culture and this movie. So by them, you know, having that that beautiful romantic song, by having them holding hands, and then Wally move down to mimic it, you you learn immediately that oh, that's what he's looking for. He's looking for love. He's looking for companionship. Um, and so it was a great use of that song and the movie to to kind of help them express something that Wally couldn't vocally. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was done really well. Uh, the music didn't like kind of went around the ship kind of for the, the action, I guess, kind of. But they weren't as memorable. Not that they no. were bad, but they just they, they yeah. didn't. Um, they didn't stand out. They wouldn't. They didn't stand, stand out, out to me. But what did stand out to me was the 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 music when um as as Wally is attached to the ship that's carrying Eve and they soar through. The galaxy. I thought that was very nice. They're flying along, but the one that really stood out to me was when they approach the Axiom ship for the first time, and that triumphant theme plays. It re- immediately reminded me of Star Trek, like a DS Nine type, uh, you know, theme or a TNG mm-hmm. theme. It felt, and I think that was definitely because there's a lot of references to sci-fi throughout the movie. Well, even the intro, like I know it's more visuals, I guess, but when they showed. Uh, the space at the very beginning I was just thinking of the Star Trek intros you know yeah yeah 2001 is a huge one as well Um, we'll go into later Um, but actually I thought the theme had elements of 2001 and elements of 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 like 90s Star Trek Hmm. Um, and that struck me straight away even a little bit of Star Wars but we're more Star Trek fans and that that, that's 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 a grab me uh, more, I, my first instinct was DS. It should sound like DS Nine. That's theirs. The, the the theme to DS Nine. Um, so I really like that as well. I like the nod to to the pop culture because Wally, obviously. Oh, I will go into Wally later, but um, yeah, no, I I thought, thought it was great. And move on to up. Oh. Yeah, no, well, I just did a couple of other things. Oh, um, yes, yeah, so, what? Well, yeah. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah, so there's the um, when. Uh, when the captain is fighting back against Otto, um, you know when Otto is trying to to when Wally is, yeah, when Wally's holding up the machine mm-hmm. just barely, and Otto is trying to crush him, mm-hmm. and the captain's trying to fire him, and he's falling down, and obviously 
at this point, humans can't walk because of their the bone structure and the lack of gravity. Their, their bodies have changed. And he stands up for the first time. And when he stands, there's the theme of 2001, A Space Odyssey. You know, the, the Ric yeah, Flair yeah, theme yeah. for you, Lee. <laughs> I know, I know. Yeah, because um, you haven't seen 2001, amazingly. I know just... that scene. I know yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, so that, that is complete 2001. And, and Otto is clearly modeled on Hal, um, a robot from, from, from the, or yeah, AI the, yeah, for, yeah. from 2001. Like, the, like literally, the circle inside is the exact same as Hal. Um, so that was a lovely moment. Uh, and then also the finally the last bit was um when after after Eve saves Wally and but when he comes back he's 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 no longer Wally, he's just a lifeless robot. And there is this sadness, there's 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 this piercing music playing and it's almost it becomes like one one instrument on one note, just like 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 a like a sting almost just just hovering there and just fades sadly away and then into the background of the wind blowing um and i thought it was really really well done it was really subtle really sad because it kind of symbolizes his uh, uh well, yeah, humanity well, seeping away kind of you yeah know, I, think it, I think even probably more so i think for us and for eve watching and seeing that this robot that we've you know, fall in love with throughout this film, gone. And uh, you know, the character that that is so um, endearing, um, he he's just wiped away. And that music, I felt, captured that moment perfectly. But yeah, okay, um, that's that's it for me uh, on uh, on Wally. So <coughs> we can move on to Up. Oh, oh, up, Up. Do you want to start on Up? Uh, well, you usually know the composer's name. Okay, <laughs> that, that's your. Um... Okay, so opus composed by Michael uh, Giacchino. There's always, always one name. Oh, he he did um music for Lost. Oh, did he? Yeah. Okay, I didn't know that. Um. Yeah. So Michael Giacchino composed. He actually he won the Oscar for this. Did he? Yeah. 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 Um. Yeah, he won the Oscar for this. Um. Well, the the music theme for like him and Ellie, that piano kind of piece. Yeah. That's really like, you know, it's kind of the. I guess that's the, the focal point of the, the from the music point of view. I it guess, is. It, it's interesting because you come back to it so many times. I don't. Yeah, I don't feel I, I've noticed that before in a film where I would say eighty percent of the score is a variation on a theme played in so many different styles. Like, like I was going back and like just listening to it and kind of remembering, you know, what it's used for. And I mean, it's used for like to evoke fear. Happiness, excitement, adventure, longing, sadness, and it does all of them mm-hmm. phenomenally well. I, I don't, I can't think of another film or another score that does that. It was, it was quite to me quite unique. I mean, I could be wrong, and maybe there are other films that have done it, or maybe I just I didn't notice it. But I can't think of another one that did it, and if it did, it did it so well. I think as well, what was good about it is it kind of, um, it kept like the the help to kind of keep the the essence of Ellie in yes. the in the story, even yeah. though we only really she's only really in it for the first ten minutes, but between the music and then obviously Carol kind of with the pictures of her and thinking back and looking at the album, you you feel her presence throughout the film, even though she's only in it really for about ten minutes. Yeah, I think even less. But yeah, yeah, you're you're dead right. I I, I completely agree on that. Um it's uh yeah, it, it keeps her there. It keeps her present. Because I mean, I know obviously, uh, 
the house represents her as well and uh, obviously the, you know her photos and, and the adventure book my adventure book and even I know I kind of got ahead of it even Russell yeah <laughs> no yeah we'll, and we'll get into that yeah. later but um, you know definitely um, she is in that that is them that is the two of them combined and their love stays present throughout the film through that music in the reuse of that music over and over again but not in ever did I not once did I think oh god again with this not once it, like it, it, it totally completely worked there's a scene as well where um, you know when the house when he, at first when he telling the two guys work from the nursing home yeah oh, I'll be out in a minute so this going to kind of say last yeah. look around the house and then he goes up into the sky obviously it's the first time he ascends it would yeah. And then there's that music playing, and and maybe it's because the scene reminded me of when remember the end of Willy Wonka where they go through the glass. I thought roof. that as well. I, I just thought, thought the music me. felt the same, but also yes. the scene felt the same. Yeah. Like I wonder was that like a subtle nod? I'd say that. it might have been because I I heard the same thing. That music, I, the music I used in Willy Wonka. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It very well. much felt like the 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 1970s Willy Wonka. 60s, I think. Is it 60s? Maybe it was 70s. It could be 70s. I feel like it's 70s, but you could be yeah. right. I feel like it's 70s. Late but, uh, 60s, early 70s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, no, I completely agree. Um, a couple other little things that I noticed, and we can kind of come back to the main theme because that's basically... Mm. That's the main kind of... That's um, basically the movie. Yeah. But there was two bits that stood out to me. One less so, but I, I enjoyed it, was the, um, the the music during the lightning scene. I, mm. thought it, I thought it captured the mood well. I mean, I think it was pretty standard, but mm. but it did a great job of... of, of Es, you know, elevating and escalating the tension, you know, uh, during that scene. But the one that really stood out to me outside of uh, out of the variations of the main theme, I wonder if you noticed it, was the music when uh, after the dogs um, capture uh, Russell and uh, and Carol and they take them to Munce's cave. And just as um, before Munce comes out and reveals himself to Carol, as they're approaching the cave, you know, of, of you know, with all the, the, the rocks, different yeah. shapes and stuff like that, um, the music that plays really reminded me of King Kong. It had that tribal adventure, classic Hollywood adventure mm-hmm. style to it. And, and you, if you remember, like at the start of the movie, which I'm going to get a little later, but the start of the movie starts off with that film reel. It says, um, um, it says, uh, it is a reference to Prohibition. So it's 1930s, more than likely. So, which is 1933 when King Kong came out. We know very well that fact because we reviewed <laughs> a few weeks ago. But, um, so it, like, Munce was on his adventures exactly when King Kong came out. So I thought it made, I thought it was a clear nod to mm. King Kong and that era um, of, of film that would have, that I'm sure young Carl would have seen as well. And you know, loved King Kong. I mean, and Ellie, both of them would have seen and loved the King Kong movies and the other adventure movies that followed King Kong's lead at that time. And it very much felt like that. I love that little nod to it. It had that aesthetic, I guess, in the old movies as well. That kind of yeah, no, it did completely. Like it, it's very much an old, a classic adventure story in a lot of ways. Um, and and even 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 the, the the main theme that they use. Like it has elements of a waltz to it, and it, I mean it had a very kind of classic nine again nine twenty nine thirties kind of maybe early forties vibe to it. Again, music that that they would have danced to mm-hmm. as a young couple, um, music they would have listened to when they yeah. were first dating and first you know together. 
Um, I think it was it was a, it was a smart decision to make music that evoked the era that when their love started. Um, mm-hmm. Very 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 clever decisions made. I think like both of them kind of uh, have that. Obviously, probably more so it up, but they both have that kind of that cent or that um yeah kind of main uh, theme with yeah. variants on it. Yeah, and then I think uh, the kind of stuff with the action and adventure part is fine but doesn't stand out as much as them they're overshadowed by the by the signature scores i agreed but i think that's probably and again we're kind of going drifting a little bit but oh, well at least i'm about to that's probably mirrored by the emotion as well mm. like the parts of this film that i remember when i leave isn't the action scenes even though there's nothing wrong with them and yeah. and they and they they're, they're they're quite thrilling to watch and you know uh, they, they flow very well and they add to the film but no one's walking out of that cinema to either of those films saying, oh, do you remember that action scene? Mm. Nobody is saying that. They're talking about the emotion and the weight and the impact of the characters and the story. Um, but yeah, I, I think I think that's kind of me on up. Are you ready to vote? Yeah, I, I think I'm ready as well. Okay, so I, I genuinely still do not know what I'm going to vote for. <laughs> <laughs> genuinely. This is the, by far the closest mm. I've ever been on a round. But, so I'll let you go first. Are you close as well? Yeah, oh, it's close. Yeah, because yeah. I think, as I said, both of them have yeah. a really, yeah. really good signature score. Yeah. I think I'll give it to Wally just because it has that song as well. Yeah. To kind of uh, consolidate the great score. Like, they both have great scores, but I think Wally has that song, which he uses quite well. He was there with the echo effect as well later. Mm. And which is strange because when the film started, as I said, I was like, oh, God. <laughs> and then I really liked it. So yeah. I, I think I'm going to have to go at Wally. Go at Wally. Okay. Um, I think I'm gonna go with up. Is this the first time? It is the first time we have disagreed. We disagreed. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm going with up, and I'm good. There is only one reason why. The only way I could separate them was I saw both of these. I, I saw up when it came out in 2008, wasn't it? 2008. Up was 2009. 2009. I saw up in 2009 when it came out. I saw Wally. I would say probably about two two years later, maybe it was 2011. And I've seen both. I'd say maybe once or twice since then. Like I've seen them both an even amount of times. Mm-hmm. Um, and the last time I saw them would have been over five years ago for both of them. So like they're very much. I, I've experienced them a similar amount of time and a similar amount of times in in my viewing. And if you ask me to whistle. The music from Wally, I wouldn't have been able to. If you asked me to whistle the music from Up, I would. Yeah. And that's why I gotta go with Up. Yeah. Okay. That's that's fair. I think we both gave kind of uh, solid reasons why yeah. we feel one tipped. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I could I could very easily have gone for Wally, and I'm sure you could have easily gone for Up as well. Yeah. Like, it's one of those. Um. But okay. One all going in the first time it ever happened, and another first is coming up because the next round is a first. Round two, visuals. Not uh, what's the action? Not action, action. Not special effects. Um, we went with visuals because a couple of reasons. One, obviously, I mean, even though there is actually action in both of these films, mm. they're not. Again, they're not the driving force. They're not a major element. They're a small bit of the movie, but the visuals. In these films, this was the visuals in any film is very important. Mm-hmm. But um, both of these films are, are are were kind of early Pixar. They led the way in a lot of you know innovative animation techniques. Um, 
and interesting ideas and 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 just just I think you know the cinematography is beautiful in both mm-hmm. and in very different ways which we'll get into but um yeah I I think and I think we definitely both agreed that visuals was the standout uh category to kind of go with so I, I'm just thinking of them I have no idea what I'm for this one. <laughs> <laughs> I think I do for me I think I have mine in this one but mm-hmm. uh, interesting to hear your thoughts yeah. okay so I'll start off with Wally okay so again we're kind of covering some ground we covered a little bit before but so we start off with the majestic beauty of space um and you see this you know just like um completely so untouched oh yeah but like untouched beauty, like just completely without fault or, or 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 a speck of dirt. You know what I mean? Like it just looks perfect, pristine. And then you turn to Earth, and Earth you recognize Earth straight away, and you see that it's surrounded by crap. Okay, you're like okay, there's satellites, whatever, and then but then you, as you can see, like smoke or, or clouds or something like in the atmosphere and then you go through break through the atmosphere and then you see how how disgusting the earth has become and that that dichotomy that juxtaposition for your kids learning words at home once again we'll use it of the clean visuals of space jumping straight into the filth of the state of the earth uh, at this point in in the, in the film i thought it was just just an excellent transition what was interesting though as well is i uh, just Touch briefly on the space thing for a minute. I think I already mentioned that it did remind me of um, Star Trek mm. as well, just to look but it was really pristine and yeah, it looked beautiful. But the detail is really what got me in it. But when you come to the the rubbish uh, oh. kind of cities, it's weird because you said it it it's opposite, but it it's beautiful in its own way because the fact that the rubbish is made up of these buildings, it actually looks <laughs> really nice to look at. You know what I mean? You mean it's aesthetically yeah, pleasing. Aesthetically pleasing, exactly. And then there's that lovely overhead shot as well of the whole city yeah, directly it, above. It is shot beautifully. Yeah, it's really, really cool. Um, what, what, one thing that reached out to me as well is when we're in that, that opening scene or where we're seeing Wally do his thing and this tiny little speck of a robot against this gargantuan mountains mm. of rubbish and then rolling through the streets of emptiness and dead, dead Wallys, like corpses of maybe his friends. I don't, I don't know. Um, maybe he's the only. I suspect that he's probably the only Wally to kind of gain this level of sentience. Like over seven hundred years, obviously he's he's um, moved past his programming or his directive, as as we'll hear. It's like about. his data evolved. Yeah, you know exactly. I mean, he's classic AI, classic robot, classic cyborg, moving past the initial programming. Um, but 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 just one thing. Just when we, when we see him rolling through the streets. The only thing you see that really stands out in that bright sense is the neon signs for the BNL. The same, like the, the businesses, the, the corporations, more so than business, the corporations that have destroyed the earth, they still look perfect. Everything else is destroyed. Mm-hmm. Everything else is broken down. Wally is rusted and rickety and creaking and a mishmash. Frankenstein's monster of parts. But these neon signs of, of this kind of... Um, the worst part of capitalism on display mm. are still perfectly preserved. And I thought it, it 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 punctured it pushed that 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 image quite well. That message of, of what was the cause, you know. I, 
I was just really taken by the uh, the details and stuff. Like, there's just some close up of like when he's um goes into his little kind of base area. Yeah, and he's got that toaster, and it's like when he pulls out the videotape. You know, just like just looking at those great detail mm. in them. Yeah, when you see him, I was just like, that was really. I found that really impressive. Just how the amount of detail in them. And yeah, there's ma- ma- yeah the design went with the work that was done by the. Yeah, the animators were, oh you know, massive massive really, detail. Really I, I was watching another documentary about it um i have the i have wally on blu-ray with the special two disc edition with the extras um and in it um there's one bit where they discuss um one shot um but one one thing they say in that and what they're discussing the shot is i think it's one of the producers says that if one talented artist was capable of say animating every piece of this film and they they decided to do that it would take them around 450 years that's how much work goes into these movies yeah. um like so what when you say the detail i mean you're, you're absolutely right like the a detail that would go into a background element you know like a little zippo lighter that is seen for maybe a second yeah. i mean but i mean there are, there are items that in there that are detailed to the same detail as maybe the cockroach and they're on screen for a second. Um, those extra extra steps they go um, add so much. And, and one thing I, I kind of I might sort of bring it in right here because I I noticed it first when I, when we're in that scene in Wally's uh, apartment. I like calling it his apartment. Um, is it's something that I've never really seen before in an animated film. But um, I don't know if you noticed it or not. But you know what I mean. Obviously, in a film, uh, you have rack focusing. So you have something in the foreground, something in the background, and then you shift focus to some to the thing in the background, and then the thing in, in the foreground is now out of focus, mm-hmm. and then you can shift focus again, and now the thing in the foreground is in focus, and the thing in the background is out of focus. They use that in this film. Now, obviously, like there is no camera. This is just people's, you know, drawings or you know, photo scans combined with drawings. Essentially, is what we're watching. So they were after the fact studied you know cinematography proper how cameras work and 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 um added in afterwards those visual uh, effects of, of a camera focusing because that's kind of how we see as humans like if you ever like notice if you put your hand up in front of your face you it kind of goes out of focus but you can see in focus something you know you know behind it but then you move your hand away and now you focus on your hand now the thing in the background is now out of focus i mean and that's why film works so well because it it mimics how we see really closely and it's a great little detail they go into that they don't need need to do like it's not done in up and up still looks fantastic but it's done in wally and i noticed it and i loved it um i love those little extra miles that they they go Go to. to to just enhance your experience. Um, I like as well how when Wally's kind of rambling around, kind of doing his work, the uh, his arms are like placed like a T-Rex, just kind of like <laughs> by the chest, just little yeah. on the shelves, yeah. kind of just like they're just like hovering there. Yeah, his shape is is uh, he reminds me a little bit of um, oh, it was Short Circuit. It was this movie I think from the eighties about a robot. And it was a little kid. It was one of those typical. It was pretty crap. It was like one of those ET ripoffs, you know, about a 
creature from you know out of town or whatever that comes along and meets a child and they you know develop a you know bond. A, a bond and shenanigans ensue um it's not a great movie from what i can remember um but just the, the visuals of him kind of reminded me a little of him i think I, even if if that's the right movie i could be mixing up a different movie because i haven't literally haven't seen it in probably about 25 years or more but um even though like he doesn't like have you know a traditional face but yeah. you still see sadness in his eyes oh, or, yeah. or happiness or you know you see all those emotions just in the eyes the eyes are um really what kind of cement the character you know yeah and then you know like it's like with any and with humans you know the eyes are the one to the soul and and it's yeah. the same here it really is like, and it's the same with eve as well yeah like her eyes as well are very expressive there's a nice bit where like when her and what she's hiding wally it's like under some area in the ship anyway and you see she kind of the way her eye kind of goes to the side you see she's peeking basically but you can tell even though it's not the way we're used to seeing people peek yeah. you know you still know what she's doing. Like it doesn't really. It's yeah, really like, he was almost like a, an emoticon. Yeah, yeah. In a lot of ways, um, which kind of I think represents the future mm. as well. While Wally is that kind of um, more industrial past. Yeah. Um, similarly, like when you see Wally on the ship, mm-hmm. and all these everything is clean and blue, gliding along, and, and, and you know the lighting is. Is all like so well lit, but when you compare it to the the rom- romance of of Wally's apartment, where he has the little fairy lights and he has the light of the screen and he has the light of the uh, of the lighter, um, and even the light of Eve, yeah. her eyes. But he's very much old school. Like even they said like the films, the old films, watching the black and white, it all kind of he's more kind of the past, I guess. And yeah, they're kind of the yeah. future, more advanced. Um, yeah, 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 and you see that. Yeah, you see that in in, in his design, definitely. Um, let's go down to it. Yeah, okay. So let's move. Uh, let's on to. Oh no, 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 no! I have a few more things oh, on, on on Wally. Sorry, you know, just kind of move on, just a little bit onto the humans, the the design of the humans. So they're quite, <coughs> they're quite odd looking. You know, I mean, and um, I think I, I wasn't sure what the story was, and then when it's explained that. Over say six seven hundred years in space, because of a lack of gravity, um, humans have have evolved. Um, you know they don't need to walk around because you know there's way less gravity pulling them down, so their bones change, their bone mass is reduced, and then because their bone mass is reduced, they're not walking as much. Because they're not walking as much, they get heavier and their their shape changes. And then, but then also the fact that you know we'll go into later, but you know the fact that the, the machines are controlling every aspect of their lives. Mm. I mean, they're essentially babies. They're they're, they're giant babies, um, but their design was was is quite striking. You know, it, it's um, it's not it's not a, it's not an image that I don't think anybody wants to achieve for humanity. You know, um, let me see what else do they have? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So I love them. With the with the with the humans, I, I love. You were going to have way more than me on this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm I, I'm I'm a graphic designer and artist, and, and Liam isn't. So, so you know, all fairness, you know, uh, um, I, I get off on on this stuff. So I love, like for example, that they're all in like the one color, all red, and then it's like, oh, blue is the new red, and then they all turn to blue, but then um, John and Mary, lovely couple. <laughs> um uh wake up well Mary wakes up 
after she meets uh, Wally and John wakes up after he meets Wally as well uh, and then they bump into each other and they, they truly wake up but in that process Mary turns colour to red John turns to red when, when Mary bumps into him and so now the two of them they're the only two that are really awake and they're looking out watching the stars they see um, Wally and um, and Eve dance and they're the only two that are in red while everybody else is in blue I didn't notice on that. their tracks yeah, yeah. It, was, it was a nice little moment but then they were in the pool no 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 afterwards just after that then they're in the pool but that's that's oh. the moment when they just bump into each yeah, other yeah. And, and in that process he turns from from blue to red and she turned to red earlier just after meeting Wally um yeah, so it was a lovely a lovely little visual there. Um also the fact that you know everyone has their head in, in the screen. I mean, obviously clear analogy to phones, mobile phones. And, and tablets. Honest, even back then it probably wasn't like as prominent. Yeah, as yeah, no, you're right, now you're right. It's, like, it's, yeah, it, it's even more 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 um even a better analogy now. Yeah. Um I, I mentioned earlier about the design of Otto as Hal. Just again, I'm going to, I'm trying to go through a little bit just some of the things I had um Oh yeah, I like the fact that like in the background, the captain's portraits to show Otto in in the paintings becoming more and more prominent in the background, um, as each captain moves on, progresses on through, um, as each new captain comes along, you see Otto becoming more prominent and more prominent and more prominent in the background until, this you get to the stage where, um, the humans, basically have no control. I mean, the captain's role at this point now is a token role. There's there's no. He has no real power, and Otto is in complete control. Yeah, you see, because even he's always trying to like uh, when he second guesses himself. Otto's always like, "No, no, we'll just do it this way." He's always yeah. trying to, "Oh, sure, we'll do it this way." You know, yeah. he's always trying yeah, to yeah. control and diminish any change in the the, the usual structure of things. Yeah, yeah. and then the the final the final the final thing that really started to me. Um, what the time? Two one two things. One is the when they're panning out just after. Um, you know, Wally wakes up and, you know, him and Eve, you know, are together and everyone is happy and they're, going, mm. they're planting the plant and they, they zoom out and you see all of this green growing up through the soil and that, you know, it, the earth wasn't just one plant. The earth is, is starting to flourish again. And it, it, it's hope for the future. But what the, the thing that really started at the end that I loved was the montage, the visual montage at the end. Um, so it was like an epilogue. So you know, when you know, during the credit sequence where mm-hmm. they show kind of the story of of Wally and Eve and the humans working together to reform and rebuild yeah. civilization. But what I really loved was how they did it. So it starts off with cave painting style art. So the the earliest known um art by humans is uh the cave paintings in France and like. 35,000 years old or something like that and then we move on to Egyptian style and then to Greek and then Roman and then we go on to I think yeah I think there was I think I'd say it's a kind of early etchings we had Renaissance we had Leonardo da Vinci inspired then there was like a watercolor that I didn't quite I couldn't quite pick up on then we go on to the Impressionists I think it was like it was Monet there was Renoir and then we finish off with uh with Van Hock and I love that that evolution. So it's the evolution of humans and robots together rebuilding society, you know, saving the earth. 
the green flourishing and then it ends with the roots of the tree coming down into the little plant in the boot, the thing that saved it all, the, the, the spark, the seed of, of, of humanity coming back and robots joining them um, on Earth. It was, um, it was a beautiful sequence. I really love that. I think um, I know where you're going to be your winner. <laughs> uh, well, look, you haven't got to up no, yet. No, so, no, no, no. Uh, so we've got to up. You can start it up. Um, well, I think just you kind of touched on it, but I did really like the the aesthetic they got on the old kind of uh, film he was watching. Mm. You see all the, the reporter guys with those um, with the kind of top hats. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Muntz giving his uh, speech, you know, when the scandal comes out. I just had that air of that era which is yeah, really yeah nice. the old you classic know, nude, that, the classic nudes they captured that really well um, but I love the shots I kind of know but you're the shot where the balloons go up and the storm you see the storm coming mm. from behind I know you kind of talked about that as well but that was a really nice um, visual you see it just going into the clouds and you're kind of the storm that's kind yeah. of about to encapsulate it uh, it was very kind of menacing and foreboding, kind of because adventure is not always fun. There's always no, be, no, there's uh, always sense of threat, you know, they're in danger too. There's always a scary moment. Yeah. Uh, speaking of the balloons, like for me, the, the balloons is, is, is probably the most important, in a way, the most important visual motif throughout the whole film. So obviously, you have Munce's blimp, which is a giant balloon, and 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 he inspired. Carol's love of balloons because you see him walking home from the newsreel with a blue balloon and it says the spirit of adventure on it so he's pretending that, that that's his blimp you know mm-hmm. um, and he's going along with, with Munce's blimp and, and that's the same balloon that he, he hears Ellie goes in and that's how they connect over that balloon mm-hmm. she sends the sails over to him she retrieves it after she was sad for him after he broke his arm um, and they, you know they go on and they they get a job together in the zoo and he's where he's selling balloons and 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 then we you know we move on again through it you know and on her deathbed he sends the balloon into her the same way um kind of full circle yeah he has his balloons at her funeral but he's seen there with with his balloon i just just finished off just go through the the whole balloon thing um so then obviously then the classic image of up that everyone remembers the house with the with the with the balloons up through the chimney and, and the beautiful colors. You know, when he when he when he's sailing through the city and he moves past the little girl's bedroom mm-hmm. and you see those colors dancing all around her wall and just the glee on her face. Yeah. And I think the glee of everybody as they see it. You know, it's such a beautiful image. And you, um, but but then it's his balloons versus Munce's balloons, and his balloons are colorful and bright and happy, and Munce's is a dark gray drab balloon and i feel like the the carl's balloons symbolize making the right choices in life and choosing love and choosing ellie and the two of them together that is the color that you know that is the color in their life and months focused on the negative and focused on you know trying to get revenge and trying to save his name obsessing over something and get letting him literally drive him insane Mm. Um, and he is in that ugly balloon, but Carl had the beauty. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. Um, I guess you could say it all that one. Actually, no, I leave that point to. Yeah, no, it's difficult. Say, we always face yeah, this problem where we can say something, but then it's just not in the right category. Yeah. But um, but there was a nice transition as well of like they show Carl and Ellie like from childhood, and then and then there's that kind of montage of them as a young couple, kind yeah. of 
a lot of hope and you know things for the future and then it kind of mm-hmm. goes through obviously they have she has a, I assume it's a miscarriage yeah and they kind of they're trying to reco- recover from that and yeah. kind of they do and then it's kind of then into old age it's a nice little kind of um transition little kind of piece oh, with, with the music again accompanying it which it's is really a, nice yeah, it, it's it's stunning i mean we, my good uh, look i don't know where to go into it but i'll, I'll go into it a little later just yeah. in, in more detail on that bit just on kind of the story of it but a couple of things that i loved in that sequence that stood out to me there was two things in particular one was um you know when they're lying down in the field and they're looking up and they see the clouds and they see you know the turtle and yes, you know yeah. and then they see the baby and then they see all the babies mm. just before that you know yeah i'm not sh- they had the white clouds in the sky and white clouds on the sky are a symbol of pixar and i wasn't sure if it was kind of a little easter egg because you know on andy's room in toy story he has clouds on a blue sky that's the that's the wallpaper in, in his room i didn't um notice that but you're probably right uh so i thought i and i'm not to say that every time there's a clouds in a movie yeah, it's a, movie, yeah. but just the fact they were focusing on the clouds and they were in these kind of fun shapes which is similar to the shape i wouldn't say the exact same or anything but um, variation of yeah it. it felt i i thought anyway when i saw them it reminded me immediately of andy of toy story and mm-hmm. which it's kind of like uh, mickey mouse is the disney uh, toy story is the pixar it, it is the Quintessential, kind of. yeah. Um, even in, in, in yeah, even in the logo, the the lamp. I think that was that. Yeah, it's in Pixar. It's in Toy Story as well. But um, I loved I I love that. But there's a shot they have. It's a very different type of shot. It's a very subtle shot, but it's it's just after they come home from the hospital, and it's Ellie sitting outside, on a chair, and. Uh, and Carl is just looking out the window at her. He, he's obviously worried about her. And, and she's just sitting with her eyes closed. And, and her hair is just gently blowing in the, in the breeze. And like, there's nothing said. Uh, there's nothing said throughout the entire sequence. I mean, it was just it, absolutely amazing. Actually, Wally did, do it as, well, does it as well. It, it's incredible what, what Pixar storytellers can do <laughs> um, with no words. But... Um, there's so much said in that in that few seconds, really. It's only there for about four or five seconds, mm-hmm. um, and then Carl joins her, and you can see the kind of the strength that they share in that moment. There's a sense of resilience, but deep sadness as well. Um, there was also a lovely shot of when he uh, when he's like tugging the the house along, and there's like a silhouette of him. Yeah, and you see the kind of the I think the sun is rising. Yeah, um, I think it is. Yeah, just coming up. Because uh, I think it had been just, it just prior to that scene, it had been night. But it's the silhouette shot of him walking along the. Do you know what it reminded me of? Hmm. <laughs> Lord of the Rings. Oh, the classic Blood, blood yeah. Will Spill this yeah. night. With that, but also that scene to that blood. I thought in my head it came in. I think it was in a Legolas. It says Blood Will Spill this night. Yeah. When they're chasing the Urukai. Um, that's thought in my head, but yes, also the classic um, cover. What the was poster. the name? Of the, what was the name of the place they were going to again? Angel Falls. Taking the Hobbits to Angel Falls. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> don't know if it was worth it enough. No, I don't know. Look, uh, everyone gets one. <laughs> um, uh, I just while we're laughing, I guess I'm throwing the shot of uh, and Munch is on like, uh, well, where are they now? You just see. <laughs> 
<laughs> Russell. Russell along, and I instantly thought of Simpsons Homer, and yeah, Homer yeah, and the, the, top the, of the church. Rot roof church. And yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Two classic moments. Yeah, uh, yeah we, we both burst out laughing at that. that, that. Uh, it, was, it was done so well. But even as Munster's face kind of just like, what the hell is going <laughs> yeah. on? It's like, where? Happening? Find him! And then... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was... It was the, the 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 setup of the joke was was done so well as well. I think just just on I was saying about like the great detail they had on in Wally on the the videotape and the mm. toaster. Again, this is a tiny thing, but just they kind of had after a while. Carol had this kind of like disheveled kind of stubble beard going on. Yeah, which I just thought was a great. Um, Again, just as a little detail, it's yes. small, but I, just, I like that kind of stuff. Yeah, no, I, I agree, I agree. There's little, little details that you don't even notice, you notice, mm. but if they were or weren't there, it would just slightly take away. And they're just little touches that ground it, because it, obviously it's not real. Well, we all know it's not real. But when you're watching a story and you get involved, those little details just help it feel a little more... It, it's like when you see... I've mentioned this before, but like when you see like bad CGI and it takes you out of it, and even if you see like average, you know, um, practical effects, the fact that the lighting is the exact same, you just kind of feel like you kind of believe it. But when you see terrible CGI, it just takes you out of it straight away. So, like, and it, it, it's one of those. Obviously, this is this is computer generated imagery, um, and those little details like the specks of, of stubble, the white stubble on his chin, um, just help ground it to a level that, that you don't need to do, but but it's appreciated. Um, you know, I, I love that. Uh, one, one, just before that, um, uh, just before Russell being streaking across the grass, you have um, you have him hanging on the rope and the dogs in the airplanes shooting at him. And again, I thought of King Kong. You know, there's the scene where, where Old Kong's on top of the Empire State Building and all the planes are coming and yeah, firing so, at him. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah. And I very much, again... the planes are of that kind of yeah, ilk. Yes, completely. And again, it, it's the uh, reference, I think, to Kong earlier. And it's that era that, that Carol grew up in. Um, I think it was another nod to King Kong, mm. which, I, which I liked. Um, and then uh, you have, I told me earlier about the balloons and everything. Um, but at the very end, where months, he's taken down by Carol's balloons. Like... The Carl's coloured balloons take him down mm. to his doom. Yeah, um, and like the man that inspired him to have those balloons is killed by those balloons. Um, but my, I loved, I loved the the shot of Ellie, the house, sitting on. The, the top of yeah. the waterfall in the mm. mountain in a perfect uh, replica of the drawing she had done as a child. Mm -hmm. um, it was, uh, it was a, a lot, yeah, poignant, yeah, very much so. Um, but a lovely shot visually as well. Because you didn't know where it actually ended up for a while because no. it floated off. And yeah. It was kind of him. Uh, I guess that's kind of what kind of. Yeah, no, no, it's fine. But it's, it's him, like, yeah, it's him letting go. But I think. Um, Oh yes, one other, one last thing I had on up was Ellie's badge, mm -hmm. the the grape soda badge. The one he gives to Russell at the end. Yeah, and she she gave it to him, mm. and then he bestows it on her. Because mm. the whole point is how Russell remember, how Russell meets Carol is he's looking for a badge, yeah. and what he's really looking for is acceptance. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and because he's trying to fill the hole that his father, he hopes his father will come back. Again, we're going into character okay, now, but, yeah. but, but that, uh, that badge. And the fact, like, if he just put a pin that badge on him and said, this is the Ellie badge, it wouldn't have the same weight. Mm-hmm. But the fact that they set it up over and over again and, 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 you know, he gets as a kid and then, you know, we should, the, the story of, of the two of them and Carl is wearing it throughout the film. And then he gives it to Rosalind. Yeah, He's that, earned it. No way, to like... way more. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that was a beautiful moment. That's me on up. You anything else? Uh, no, I had a lot less than you on the visuals. <laughs> there's a lot of stuff you picked up on that I, I'll be honest, I didn't pick up on. Well, to be fair to you, yeah. I've seen it like three or four times, mm-hmm. both of them. And you've only seen them once. Mm-hmm. I think. Um, so Two up once I hadn't seen Molly. Oh yeah. And up was like over about seven or eight years. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, okay, so I'm ready to vote. I'm gonna let you go first in this one. Okay. <laughs> okay. So on this, um, I thought I thought both had beautiful visuals, and sometimes very different styles of visuals. You know, um, like I said, like probably the shot that I remember the most in Up is um, the shot of Ellie in the chair with her eyes closed. Um, it's a very personal, small, um, in scale but huge in weight, uh, moment. But I have to give it to Wally. Um, Wally has those moments. Maybe not quite. Maybe uh, I don't know actually. Maybe yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah, no. But I give it to Wally because Wally has. I feel like those moments in that style, but it also. Some of the shots of the city, like we discussed earlier, and the shots of space. You know, when he when he's riding on the on the ship, and he puts his his hand through the ice uh, rings of Saturn, um, mm. just such beautiful pieces. And then you have the small moments. His apartment. I love his apartment so much. Um, yeah. So I give it to Wally. Uh, I. Yeah, I think it was Wally as well, just on the those opening shots the, the space first and then obviously as I said the overhead shot of the mm. city and the fact that the the rubbish kind of is built up like buildings. Yeah. It's a really interesting uh, aesthetic. Uh, so I think just for that that probably is what we give it to Wally. So yeah, I'm gonna go with Wally. Okay, so it is so what that makes it three one. Three one, yeah. To Wally. So far, okay. So, um, up needs to take the final two to take it to a draw. Which would be the first. Have we discussed what happens with a draw? I think did we just we did we just leave it at the draw? No, I think, <laughs> I think we, Americans we have like a bonus round or something. I know we did wrong up in Terminator, but it wasn't yeah to determine anything. Did we just kind of say maybe which just say what we'd rate? Yeah, maybe just what we should prefer as a yeah. movie. If you watch one yeah. again. What is the first one you pick? Yeah. We have to go with that. We'll go with that. Yeah. We definitely should have discussed this beforehand. I think we did. We just never, we never well, ended. Like, the I mean, it could have been any of them. Like, I didn't yeah. know what last year no, was no. Raid and Dread. I didn't know. This is yeah. the first time we've screened yeah. anything. So I'm really excited to see what happens in the final round. Because, again, for me, it's very close. Um, okay, so uh, we'll start with Wally. Round three. Oh, sorry. You're right. Round three. Characters. Reminding you of cues, you know you weren't nothing. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm the director. I need somebody below me to, you know, check those things. Talking cross. Yeah. Um, okay, so. Uh, For all you actors out there, I'm an actor as well, so you know, don't, don't take offense to that one. 
yeah, yeah. If you have um, if you have any roles, you want to send Liam's way, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm a graphic designer, freelance. So anything you want to send my way, sure. Okay, so and moving on. <laughs> Starting off with, I think Wally. We'll, go, we'll start with Captain. So, um, he 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 very much represents humanity in in this, like humanity where they are at that point in the future. Um, and like so, the theme of Wally for me is is twofold. One is um, finding love and companionship, but two, it's breaking away from the path set before you, not accepting what life has led up to to this moment, and deciding no, I don't want to do this for the rest of my life. I don't want to make that decision. I don't want to be with this person. I don't want to do that job. I want to do something else. And getting off of the path, off of the track that we see the humans and the robots travel in so much, changing our directive and and, and making an, another decision. So at the start of uh, when we first meet the captain, he's very much not that. He's he's on the track. He's doing exactly what he's been told by Otto. Um, he has a title and little else. Um, like he, he's even he's so he's so annoyed that he missed the morning call because the only thing he gets to do in the entire day, and he he missed it. Um, but you can tell that beneath the surface, there is a yearning for something more in him. Like you see that when um when he finds out about the possibility of a plant, and Otto is like, oh, go to bed. You know, you you look at too much like a baby again. Like he's been treated like a baby. And he's he dismisses his advice and he goes on what I can only describe as the greatest Wikipedia fest of all time. And he basically discovers everything there is about humanity, or at least he everything he learns, like everything he learns in that time is new information about what farming is, what dancing is, what culture was, all of these things. Um, and you see that there's a little spark. I want to spark his lights the fire he's a new he's a new man he's a different person and i think it, it's it's that represents us and says you know not to accept your lot in life you know reach for the stars like wally does yeah I, just like on just another note on him i i kind of thought he was going to be like a villain of the piece oh like, really um same with, with eve but i think with eve it's more natural to expect that because you see her trying to attack mm. uh wally when you first see her but yeah i just kind of i thought that was going to be wally's mission to try and like, rescue eve and everyone everyone on the ship was going to be against him i didn't see it as they were going to become allies almost mm. um so i kind of saw him just as being another i saw him as being like a a, a, a kind of a a mouthpiece for for um the main for auto for auto yeah but I thought he was going to remain with Otto as an ally against. Mm. against so, at uh, what point Wally. did you realize that that wasn't the case? Well, the fact that when when, when Wally is seen, he doesn't kind of like. I so I thought people. So saw pretty Wally. early on then. Yeah, early on because I thought when they saw Wally, they were going to be like, "What this person doing here? Where this thing doing here?" Well, they did. They do. They do. Kind of. Um, they look at him. Kind set of that really, up. Like yeah, he's like, "What the hell is that?" Yeah. And he's like, "Why is he so filthy?" Uh, you know, getting cleaned up or whatever. I just I just thought that there was I the way I anticipated that it, that it was going to be more of a hostile reception for him, mm. and that the captain was going to be a part of that process of, of 
yeah, but, people and machines against him. And then after you learn that he's not, did you, uh, did your opinion change a lot on him? Like, did you come around on him? Uh, yeah, obviously, like he, um, like like the other dead couple as well. Mm. Kind of their John and Mary. They're kind of seeing the more to it than just like, you know, looking into your whatever that screen was and just sitting still and just kind of your tiny little bit that you say or do, and that's it. Kind of, you know. Mm. There's a lot more that they can see. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like, an yeah, awful lot more that they can yeah, seek out and The find Captain, and, John, and Mary and, kind of go on a similar yeah. journey, don't they? They, they? they feel there's a lot more potential that they can do to help themselves and help others. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And they make a sacrifice and they save the babies and all of that. Um, but I feel like the Captain summed up humanity, like the, the humans in this film. And I suppose all of us today in real life as well, when he says, I don't want to survive. I want to live. Mm. Yeah, that was powerful. And that, yeah, and that that is the message of the movie. One, I think, one of the two messages of the movie. But um, we move on to Eve. Eva. <laughs> yeah. So, um, like the captain, when we first see her, she is a slave to her programming. So you know, she like almost kills Wally a couple of times. She almost kills the cockroach. Um, she you know reacts almost immediately, and you do look at her and you're like, you know, what is her problem? Um, I was like, oh, this is one of the antagonists. So yeah, like, that's what, you, well, what I was assuming. But but, well, I think what leads me, what led me to realize that wasn't the case was two things. One was Wally's reaction to her, but two was um when she she's looking around searching for the plant life after she's dropped off from the spaceship. But the spaceship flies up into the air and she looks up and as soon as it's out of sight, she stops working and then goes for a, a, a fly. She just, she takes a moment to enjoy the freedom of mm. being out. And you can see that she's, she wants to live. I say that could be the first hint that, that she wants more than what. Yeah, like the captain, mm. she has her programming, but she's yearning to break free from it. Maybe she's not even realizing that she's yearning to break free from it. Um. But, but this is her t- taking maybe her first step towards that. But I think um, essentially it is then Wally is is the reason, you know, that she changes and becomes this, like him, a lot more, you know, humane in how she acts and yeah. treats, you know. Um, yeah. And, I mean, I mean, especially I, when she sees that video, uh, that security camera video of him waiting with her when she's like, Almost like a yes. coma thing. Yes. For so long. I think that's and... the moment she realizes she loves him. Mm. Is 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 at that moment. Um. But just a little before that, you know, when they have that, the first time they kind of connect proper, is in his apartment, and he's showing her his trinkets, and she's interested. Mm. You know, she enjoys them as well. She's fascinated by them, and they have the connection straight away. It's like anything, you know. If you're looking for a partner, you want somebody who you share things in common with. Mm-hmm. You have similar hobbies or whatever. Um, and the fact yeah, that much so. yeah, the fact that she she was intrigued by his interests, and he was so excited to show them to her. Like he he obviously, you know, as we know, they set it up so well. Like you just see the lo- how lonely he was, yeah. and now somebody's come visit and they and like enthusiastic things, about things that he likes that he has picked out um it's a lovely little little setup of just the beginning of a connection between them um, you also see like that she you know she becomes extremely protective of him then as well like which again illustrates 
the development of their relationship. Yeah. You know, she would yeah. sacrifice a lot. And she even then, like, she, she dropped the plant at one point and, like, like going against her directive. Because she yeah. sees being with him is more important than, yeah. than what she's been programmed to do. I think for her as well, it's, it's, it's a more invigorating and, um, you know, sense, sense of freedom. Even it's like it's like uh, any um, you were saying about when she when the ship goes away and she flies off when they first when she first lands down on Earth, it's like a bigger version of that. Yeah, you know? massively. I mean, again, it's like the captain. I don't want to survive. I want to live. Mm. And she has found something to live for with Wally. Mm. Surviving was following her directive. Yeah. But now she realizes there's more to life. Um. And, but it all come, it all stems from Wally. Like he's the the yeah he's the catalyst, the catalyst for, every, for everything and every everyone character. else. Everything happens to everyone else. He 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 is a ball of positivity. Um. Yeah. Well, I, I suppose we made a little move on to Wally. We honest with something else you want to say about Eve. Like, ain't there be stuff? Like the, yeah, yeah, because there's stuff that could have said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see him as a package. <laughs> they are, they are in a lot of ways. Because a lot of stuff I was about to say there about Eve were just Wally yeah. stuff. So um. Okay. So. For me, Wally, he is the epitome of purity. Um, he only wants to love and be loved. He, I mean, immediately, uh, you just connect with this character. I mean, it's amazing. I felt it, um, I felt it went up as well. I mean, in the first six minutes of up, um, how you, you connect with a character where there's no words. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it it's just visuals, but just the little sounds he makes, the little way he moves, the, the fact that he's kind of broken down and rickety, and he's doing his job, and he he he, and I think the first kind of moment, you know, when you hear him whistling, you know, when he's listening mm-hmm. to that song from Hello Dolly, and he's whistling, and you you just you just like him straight away. He's such a likable character. Mm-hmm. Um, but you feel his loneliness, like he. Really... That's what I said. The first thing I had written on him was like this: extremely lonely. Yeah. Uh, but then, like he's so good natured as well. Like he, he's like horrified when he thinks he squashed yeah, a cockroach. Yeah, yeah that's um, another moment. Yeah. He just he's so. Um, he said he wants to please everyone. He doesn't want to hurt anyone. But he just he's he's lonely and, and I think what but those you... kind of characters you always um gravitate towards because he's an underdog. Complete yes, a hundred percent. But you know what else he is? He's a nerd. <laughs> he is a full blown nerd. He collects trinkets, pop culture items, <laughs> obsesses over films, you know, longs for for that girl to show up. <laughs> um, you know, and, and like I imagine because like, obviously as we said earlier, we saw loads of other dead wallies mm. along and he collects parts and he uses them to kind of keep himself going. Um but I imagine that he was unique among them. Like, I imagine they probably may, may have scoffed at his collection, yeah. you know, that he, his hobby of collecting these things. Because there's no reason why he should save items of rubbish one thing from another. Like, his job is, his sole directive is collect rubbish, form it into cubes, stack it. That's it. That's it. It's, it's his directive. But for some reason, he has developed the consciousness and, and the want uh, and the ability to decipher art from rubbish, hmm. and he he finds a trash can that somebody else would take rubbish, but to him it's a hat so he can dance and he can he can follow his favorite movie, 
Um, or he finds a, a lovely moment. He finds a diamond ring and throws away the shiny rock and keeps the lovely box. Yeah. I love that. Um, and he has he keeps the zipper lighters and he has the bulb and the Rubik's cube and the uh, and his little collection and he has and he, he has them all ordered away like nerds do and he has them all sorted into different categories. Um, yeah, he's he's just so endearing. But he is a nerd. He's a nerd. Even um uh the way they himself and uh Eve like how they interact um you know it, it's amazing that like it's so limited but it still produces this kind of relationship mm. and this powerful relationship that you're really engaged with even though there's very little said just like there's eva um wally you know don't or you know very very limited in what's said yeah yes it still can carry you for whatever it was hour and a half because uh, that's the, they're the centerpiece of the story. Ma- yeah, massively so. And it, it's a testament to the director, the writers, and the animators, and and the voice artists, and and that, that they can do so much with so little. It's interesting that like at the beginning of the film, um, he, he's kind of I know he's doing his work, but he's kind of looking for things to do as well. It reminded me a little bit of Waiting for Godot, that kind of barren yeah. wasteland. It's just kind of there, and I know in Waiting for Godot, there's two of them. There's uh, Vladimir and estrogen, but and he's on his own. But I had that this for a moment had that little mo- this reminded me a little bit of that. Yeah, just waiting, uh, just there waiting for something to happen, you know, yeah, waiting for something to change. His circumstances, yeah. uh, for him, it happened. Yeah, no, I, I, I can see that, I can see that definitely. Um, <clears throat> one, one other thing is about him before we kind of move on to kind of more of the plot details of Wally that I feel he represents. Is and obviously the whole point of of his existence is to clean up rubbish, but he himself is a symbol of recycling. Like he literally is recycled. Like mm. he has so many different wallies joined together. He collects things. He saves things. He repurposes them. Um, well, even like when parts of him are destroyed, you know, yes, yeah. they find like replacements. Yeah. You know, like for the eyes and yeah, it's all it's all recycling. It's all mm. repurposing. Um, he is a symbol of. And that environmental message of not to waste, mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. to reuse. Yeah. Not everything is rubbish that you think is rubbish. Don't just throw a pile of crap into a, a landfill. Look and assess what can we save, what can we reuse, what isn't even broken. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. I used to work for an electrical company, and people would bring in their old TVs and they buy a new one, and we like they're working TVs, mm-hmm. and they just throw them into a container. They're shipped off, then dumped somewhere. Mm-hmm. Like these are working TVs and working dvd players and washing machines and you know it's it's really disgusting actually uh, the system that's set up and wally is this movie is is the antithesis of that but yeah but even the end they just like going back to the end about like how he's the underdog and like you see like uh eve like how she you know hovers around with confidence and graceful and wally then is kind of hands clasped together he's very nervous and tentative a lot of the time Again, feeds into that kind of the underdog trying to get the girl and kind of, yeah. you know, he's, you know, he's really nice. He's very nice and he's looking to do the right thing all the time. But he's, 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 there's a nervousness there as well. Oh, yeah. Like, like attain that. You massively. Know? Like when you see when, when she's hibernating, not, not the major one, but when she's sleeping at night mm-hmm. and he makes a sculpture of her to try and impress her and she just kind of strolls past it and he has this, oh, it's so sad. Like I just, it's amazing what, what the emotions I felt during this film and up. It's 
<laughs> it's it's really hard like to put into words like I care more about these characters than so many other movies <laughs> with great actors in them. Um, but but, uh, yeah. but even then, how you reverse it then at the end, it's like you've all that stuff you go through with him, and then when at the end he comes back and it's just like he's just like a regular robot, and he doesn't recognize oh, her, God. and the roles are reversed because he's the one trying to bring the kind of humanity out in Eve initially, and then it's her yeah. trying to do it for him. So George, you really, George, George, you really reminds me feel of. that, and I I, I thought. Watching because a friend of mine, um, because I, I was saying I'd never seen it, and she was saying, "Oh, you're getting ready to cry at the end." But I thought then I was like, well, "Is he actually going to stay like that?" I thought then, <laughs> like he was actually wasn't going to, she wasn't going to, be able to fix him or bring him back, you know, as he was. So I was like, "Oh my god, that's a brave, a brave um, move to take." Because I know like a lot of the themes and uh, stuff is kind of more adults will pick up on it more, maybe, but. It's certainly a thing for kids as well, like you know. So I thought, geez, that's a brave move to if we're going to do that at the very end. Yeah, but do, 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 do you know what that moment reminded me of? Was one Florida Cuckoo's Nest. Mm. I want to try and avoid yeah. spoilers for anybody who hasn't seen that film. Yeah, I know but it, yeah. you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, and very anybody who's seen it knows what I'm talking about. Yeah. But that moment where you're like, oh my god, he's gone. Mm. Um, is truly heartbreaking. <laughs> like it's just as you say, the journey we've gone on with this little guy. He's finally, he's, he's sacrificed everything. And like he was willing, he, he's the one who, who, as we said earlier, Eve was willing to give up her dream of you know getting the plant and to save him. And he's like, no, he pushes her on. He's broken and he's still holding up the machine to get the plant in. Like he's fighting for a planet, for humanity. And humanity has forgotten all about her, forgotten all about him. He's there alone for 700 years and he's mm. still fighting for it. Um, and after all of that, we think he's gone. Oh my god, yeah, yeah. Moment, yeah. massively so. Um, yeah, you ready yeah. to move on top? Move on to up. Um, sorry, we start with um, Doug. Yeah, we can start with Doug. I, I have Doug, Russell, and Carl. Who do you have? Yeah, they were the three I had. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll start with Doug. I had a brief mention okay. once and. Any, but they'll come up as we're talking anyway. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I feel Ellie yeah. is so intertwined with. George, uh, I'll, I'll start. Okay, you start. Yeah. But like, I just, the first thing I had was he's the personification of what a golden retriever is. <laughs> we have a golden retriever. Yeah. So, so, you know, it's Leems technically, but, you know, uh, I look after as well. But, um, yeah, so we very much know. And look, and look, a lot, pretty much all dogs are like this, but. It very much feels like Atia, doesn't it? <laughs> just that hyperness, yeah. the tongue out, always just. If you're talking to her, she's delighted. Like that's just yeah. that's all she wants. But yeah, you know. there's, there's, there's a shot of him when he's lying down and his tongue is hanging out, and he like he's just coming out of his mouth and hanging down. And I just I couldn't not think of Atia mm. in at that moment. It was just like that really, is it was just a tennis ball and yeah. he gives it back to him and he's all the. <laughs> The drool. The drool. <laughs> there's like I was saying earlier about the stubble with, with with Carol, and that's another one as well. The little drool and tennis ball, the little details, but but he, as a character, well, he he is just a a pure heart. Again, like Wally, actually, he really reminds me of Wally. Yeah, a pure heart looking love, for love like... and a proper a, a master who isn't abusive. Yeah, I, I mean, even he like he. Uh, well, I know well, it's like. He's a character. He's just. He's not. A, he's a character. He's a. He's a dog. Like, 
and like in Disney, you know, the characters, a dog can talk. But here, he's a character, okay, he, he's a dog, he can talk, but he's a dog that's like a dog. Yeah. He's not a dog that's a dog, but it's like a human. No, he's not an intellectual. Know? If you know what I mean, like, he's in, <laughs> you see a lot of the dog, uh, canine characters in Yeah, Disney yeah, he's, a, he's not Mickey Mouse. Human, he's not Donald Duck. He is yeah. like a dog. Yes. Even though he talks. Yeah, he's, he's, like he's, not, he's not goofy. Um, he, he's more Pluto, if Pluto could talk. Mm. Um, yeah, no, very much so. I, I love the way that he did that with all the dogs. Yeah. And how do they kind of use their grammar? And their grammar was just slightly incorrect, mm. and how they, how they, the syntax is just slightly off. But it, it but I, I love how Rottweiler and the Doberman are villains. Yeah. Know? Like, you know, when you think of the bulldog. just because they're so aggressive yeah. looking, they're like, they're just they're, oh, perfect, you know, just they fit that role perfectly. You wonder why he ever had a golden retriever in the yeah, first place. Really <laughs> Some of the least aggressive dogs that you know that you can get. But um but just uh, that opening one of the opening lines from from Doug that just su- sums him up completely is I have just met you and I love you. Mm. Which is dogs. But what's funny is is um Pete Doctor who directed this. He uh he got that line from it was I think I don't think it was his own child. I think it was a different kid he met. It was a toddler walked up to him and said that line exactly to him. <laughs> I have just met you. Or I I just I just met you and I love you. That's what they said. And so he's like he was like this reminded him. He's like oh my god, it's like a dog. It's yeah, like a dog. <laughs> and so he you, you filed that away and used that. So I I love the kind of we get inspiration from. But you even see though like you know, he he like risks his own life oh, puts yeah. on the line. Yeah. For Carol and all he just wants is just, just love. Love. Let me it. love you. Love, that's all love, he wants. Love and this acceptance. There's no motives about anything yeah. else. That's all. That's all a dog does want. Yeah. You know. Again, I said they really encapsulate not as a golden retriever, but dogs. Yeah, and, and like, know, dogs know, are like that. Yeah, and he's trying his best to fit in with the pack he's mm. in. You know, he, and like, they treat he's him desperate. Oh, like, yeah, he's, he's, they bully him so badly. His desperation to prove himself by capturing Kevin, but you clearly see his heart isn't in it. Like he doesn't have a bad bone in his <laughs> yeah, body. I, I do. And you come back in as my prisoner, like, in such <laughs> yeah. a happy, enthusiastic <laughs> manner. Like, oh, we'll all be happy. Yeah, you know? yeah. It's um. And then one of the saddest bits, though, for me, uh, probably for me, is the saddest bit for me is when he bad dog, say, bad dog, uh, bad dog, yeah. and then like just to walk away. He looks so upset uh, and yeah, so the tail between his legs. Yeah, it's head down. It is horrible oh, to watch. But then, when Carl is in on the flying up, and he opens the door. And and Doug is there hidden under because the porch. of course he is. Yeah. And because uh, I hide under the porch because I love you. Yeah. And 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 Carl accepts him, and it's a, it's a beautiful moment. Um, that love they share, and and, the, and again, it it's not it just it's just to be loved, it's just to be just no, companionship. That's all he wants. I'm looking for anything. Yeah. Nothing just, else. Just he wants. treat me. Yeah. Just like to be a dog. there with you in your yeah. presence. Yeah. That's it. Which is exactly how dogs are. So it captured dogs perfectly. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it also captured a golden retriever perfectly as well yeah, in the mannerisms. It did, it did, it and that. But then what's nice is like you see then when Carol takes over uh, Munt's blimp, yeah. how all the other dogs then yes. are with them. And it kind of shifts back to that thing of like how it's it's very rarely that a bad dog is just how the owner Yeah, you know, exactly. That's, and exactly. I like that they did that as well. Yeah. Because the other dogs yeah. did have the potential to be good and, dogs and as well. He, and even in the montage afterwards, where you see uh, Carol... I don't know if Carl is living in Shady Oaks or not. It wasn't quite clear, but he, um, all the other dogs are visiting the old folks, mm. and that's a lovely little yeah. thing as well. Again, like you were saying to your point that 
the dogs aren't evil. It was they were being, oh, trained, they were being trained badly. Trained, yeah, yeah. Um, but I did. I love the fact that Doug got the win over Alpha. Yeah. <laughs> um, I didn't even realize it. Yeah, uh, and they all worshipped him. Yeah. Uh, not well, just looked up to him. Wasn't yeah. worshipped him, but looked up to him. Um, he 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 needed that win. He deserved that win. Yeah. Um, we move on to Russell. Yeah. Okay, so Russell. I mean, he's basically know, a male version of Ellie when she was a child. He is, <laughs> but he's also a human version of Doug. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's hyper and he's kind of his attention span isn't very long. He's kind but of quite he, easily distracted. And, but, he, but like Doug, he's looking for love. Yeah, exactly. He's loyal. Yeah, and he's looking to include everyone. Like he wants to include Kevin, Kevin, include Doug, Doug. Uh, include them all in the party. He yeah. doesn't want to push anyone away. You know, no, and, and, and very loyal, very loyal very to loyal, his party. Very loyal, and, he, and there's a deep sadness underneath him. Mm. When you see, and you only see it for a few moments. And I'll be honest, I would have liked if we saw a bit more of that, of his. I know the focus is is Carol, and Ellie, and their relationship. Maybe I'm being a little critical. I just I'd have liked just a little more, just crack open a little bit more of the Russell um, book. But just when he starts talking about his father, mm. and how his father, was it? It's his stepmother kind of does. Yeah, she, she's like kind of separating them. You're, you're dying him or something like and, that. And, and to... so his father isn't showing up anymore yeah. to his events and doesn't isn't showing him how to set up his tent and he doesn't know how to do all these things that his father should be teaching him. And, and all he wants is acceptance, like Doug, and all he wants is a father figure, where Doug wants a master. I mean, they're basically. On but the same if, journey. If you look at it early on, Lola, it's like that Carol is in some ways he's like the opposite of Russell's. So obviously, he's an old man. Russell's yeah. a young kid. But he is looking to be left alone. He's not looking for, for, you know, an ally or a companion early in the film. He just wants to go to this. No, it's the opposite. You know, that's what I'm saying. Whereas Russell, that's what Russell wants. Yeah. He's just like a friend, you know, someone yeah. to kind of share all this with. You know, Be there he, for him. But then they both have had that loss. Like, obviously... Um, Carol's lost his wife, but then Russell, in a way, is losing his father yes. because of his stepmother. Yeah. Um. So they have there's similar, they come in there's similar similarities to the path they've come through, but in from other areas they come from a different a different point of view. Yeah. No. Completely. And I was ah. different p- parts of life mm-hmm. as well, but and like, like they have a, a very in the start in particular they have a very much a Dennis Mister Wilson vibe relationship. Yeah, definitely. Where he, he um, begrudgingly is. Letting him come along, but he's not too happy with it. But yeah. Then as it goes on, he learns to like it. He actually really does like him. Yeah, and, and really, like, it's Russell that saves Carol. I would say because I was to say whether it's wittingly or unwittingly, it is. He's the one who makes Carol look at things differently yeah. and start to kind of care for others again. Yeah. Um, if not like, for if not for for not for Russell, Carol would have become once. Well, well, let's say Joe at the very beginning, like Carol is really quiet and mm. it's like Ellie that brings about a shell. Yeah. It's Russell that then does it again. Yes. Years later. Yeah, you know, you're right. You're right there actually. Um and, and in a way Russell is the kid they never had. Mm-hmm. You know, and I and I never thought about that that it's almost Ellie's spirit kind of in Russell, like or at least a kindred spirit in Russell. Not that Ellie you know, not that Ellie is like been reincarnated in Russell or anything like that. But just that they both have a similar spirit about them quality about them and that they both bring out that side of carol that mm-hmm. maybe that had started to drift after the loss of ellie and he started obsessing over the wrong things mm-hmm. and russell is the one that, that as you say inadvertently 
refocuses him just through his character and his purity. Yeah. But um, and and he has a great quote <clears throat> when he's talking about his father, what he misses, and I feel it again symbolizes the film when he says, "I think the boring stuff is the stuff I remember yeah. the most." Yeah. Which I think is true in life. Yeah, and 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 we will get into that again with Carl, but that very much is is. Uh... And even as that line as well, then where he says "cross your heart," <coughs> which is what Ellie, yeah, uh, with that promise with with Carol when they were children. Yeah. <coughs> so I think we move on to Carl. Yeah. So when when he starts, when we start with Carl, we meet the young Carl. He's shy. By, uh, inspired by months, but Ellie's kind of, as we were saying, Ellie's kind of the opposite. She draws him out of mm. his shell, and we see the, the the difference between both sides of them with their families, the wedding, where yeah. Ellie's are crazy and loud and shooting yeah. shotguns, and his are subdued, mm. almost kind of Amish, nearly, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, very plain and and un unvocal, or you know, un very neutral, <laughs> yeah, yeah, dour almost. Yeah. Um, but they're, they're the perfect file for each other. They work so well together. Um, but even like he's like he it's obviously he loses Ellie, you know. Yeah. But then he kind of because life happens, he he loses that kind of hunger for adventure for a while, you know. I think for Carol, it, he's very much always looking back to the past. Yes. In some ways, it's good for him, and some ways it's bad for him because by looking to the past, he ends up going on the adventure finally. But in some ways it kind of restricts him because he's always looking back to Ellie, but it kind of, it stops him from embracing others like Russell, for example, or like Kevin or like, um, uh, Doug yes. initially for the first half or so of the film. So I think by looking at the past, it shows how it can be beneficial in some ways, but it can also be a hindrance in other ways. Yeah, no, very much so. Um, like it, it, that and that's symbolized by at the end when he has to go after Russell and he like <clears throat> we see remember when in, we're in the storm mm-hmm. early in the film before they even arrive in Venezuela and um, he's like saving all the items that are falling off the walls mm-hmm. like every picture frame every item because it's, yes. it's Ellie yeah. all yeah. of that is Ellie to yeah. him and then he's got to save Russell and he just dumps everything. He throws out. Not, not only, is he, only is he throwing out like the things that are hanging on the wall. He throws out his chair and he throws out her chair. Mm-hmm. And on just on that before that that moment, there is when he, he finally looks at the adventure book. He finally looks at my adventure book in the scrapbook because up until that point, he's never looked past the future pages that he wanted to fill that she never got to fill. And I, I, my guess is because she's she's in the in when she's in the, on her deathbed, she's holding the book. So my guess is that she at that point she knew she was dying, and she filled it for him, and then she hands him the book, but he wasn't able to read through it. But when he finally looks at it again, he's in the house, and he's in a bittersweet moment of where oh he's achieved his goal, of of getting the house to the spot, but he's betrayed Russell. He's betrayed Doug. Mm. He's betrayed Kevin. Um, and he knows that Ellie would be ashamed of him. And he's sitting there in that moment where he should be happy. He should be proud, but he's not. And he looks through the book. And because he's finally, he should be proud because he's finally done this adventure show he wanted to do. And he opens it up and he realizes 
he was the adventure. Their, their life together was the adventure. That's what she, she loved that life. And I, yeah, and I think that part of the reason why, up until that point, why he's so kind of, he's, he's quite cranky, you know, yeah. uh, and kind of, you know, he's lonely after her death as well. Uh, it's because when she dies, you know, he wasn't able, he realized he wasn't able to ful- fulfill that promise to her yeah. about going on an adventure. Also, him. he had purchased the tickets the mm. day that she, mm. he's going to surprise her, yeah. and that's the day she falls ill. Like, yeah. I'm just saying that that's kind of why up until he reads that is when he kind of realizes that their life was really the... That was the adventure. That, that was the main adventure. Uh, that was, they really had their adventure. As Russell said, yeah. I think the boring stuff is the stuff I remember the most. Yeah. You know, and, and, and that's, that line sets up that moment later on. That is it. That's Ellie is telling him. That's and, and, that, and that's a kind of, it's important for him as well to see that, like, even though he had this harrowing loss, you know, of Ellie, he can still live out the rest of his days and not just rot away. Yeah. You know, and we see that it, when, he, when he goes up to... You know, for when Russell's getting the representation thing, you know, for the scouts, yeah, or scouts yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you see also that he's he's, you know, dog. He has dog as his as his pet dog now yeah. as well, and he's able yeah. to kind of see that there's still he still has time to enjoy the rest of his life. You yeah, know? there's and, there's life in the old dog. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's basically he's come to this perfect um, mix. He's not forgotten Ellie. He's honoring her, yeah. like he, her badge is carried on mm-hmm. in in young Russell, Jane Russell, yeah, who will carry it well, no doubt. Um, and he's he's taking on Doug, a new companion, mm. but he's not forgetting her, but he's not obsessing over her. Yeah. He let, as we said earlier, he dumped out the items. He's let them go, the mm-hmm. physical items. She's not there. Um, now he's still the house floated away, and you you didn't want it to crash into the ground, and it landed perfectly mm-hmm. on top of Angel Falls, and in. That perfect, as I said earlier, the, the uh, replica of, of the image. It, it is amazing that, like, even as I said earlier, near the start of the, of the episode, that, uh, you know, she's only in like the first 10 minutes, mm. but you feel her presence yeah. throughout the whole film, you know. But yeah, and I, I just, what happened when you got into that, in just for me, the opening six minutes of Up is the greatest short film ever made. Um, I don't cry at films. <laughs> I don't. I cr- when I saw that in cinema, I cried. You do cry at films. I do. That is that is I think one of only maybe two or three films that have ever made me cry, and that is one of them. And I, I, I kind of I was hinting at it earlier when I was talking about oh, when I re fell in love with Pixar. I forgot that Pixar was amazing. I saw Toy Story as a kid and I enjoyed it because it was a cartoon about stuff, and then. I saw a bit of Toy Story 2, but I didn't finish it all or whatever, and I remember enjoying it. Then I go in, I wander into Up in the cinema, and I it's me and my buddy, and we're surrounded by kids and parents with their kids. <clears throat> and I see that opening scene, and, like, tears are rolling down my face, and I'm seeing, like, kids, and I'm like, don't you realize what you're witnessing? <laughs> like, how dare you not be amazed and wowed by this like get out of the cinema you do not deserve <laughs> to witness this i could not believe what i was seeing like you it, leave like, your popcorn there <laughs> <laughs> I'll take that. you know i mean like because i've said this before in discussion of up not in, in the podcast but just when i've talked about it previously but like i know we, we have there is talking with ellie at the start but in that sequence that marriage sequence of their life together there isn't a single word spoken 
Like all you're seeing there is ones and zeros. Mm. There's nothing there. There's no person there. There's no person speaking. And it's some of the greatest acting and filmmaking I've ever seen. You know, it, it, it's a testament to Pixar. And, that, and that, that's what woke me up to how great Pixar was. And then I was like, I got to check out this other stuff. And then I found Wally and I was like, oh my God, like, how did I not know this existed? Like, this is crazy. Um, I always thought Pixar was just like DreamWorks, you know, fun family stuff, a bit hit and miss, blah, blah, blah. But I was like, oh my God, this, like, this is like, these are serious, amazing films. Some of the best films I've ever seen. And like, I, I'm not a fan of romantic films. Like, I, I think I can count on one hand the amount of romantic films I can say I like that I would consider buying on Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. But both of these films are two of my favourite films of all time. Um, and it's a testament to Pixar. It's a testament to Up and to Wally. I hope they're listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they've heard it. <laughs> Many, many times before. I'm not the first person to rave about how good Up and how good Wally is. Um, so we... Uh... Yeah, I think I think it's a good maybe moment to to vote. And I, I'm going to ask you to vote because I'm still not sure. I think oh. I've one or two things, but I didn't... You okay. No, 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 no. I mean, it's in, as you said, it was perfect time to kind of go for the... Yeah. The crew... Oh, no, it's not... Well... Could be crucial depending on well, how yeah, if, if up gets both, it, it, yeah. it'll go to some um, day. So, you want me to go first? Yeah, okay. Uh, I'm gonna go with up for characters because I think you have Wally, who's a really, really likable character. Uh, and but I think Carol has much better supporting cast behind him. You know, he has mm. Doug, Russell, uh, you know, Kevin, you know, plays his part as well, but then even Ellie, even though she's only in a few minutes her the presence of her i think he is a better supporting cast definitely a better supporting cast so i think as a whole i think up has better characters so i'm gonna go for up okay just before you give your yeah your answer it's one thing how the hell is munt still alive i mean he's not oh sorry no like before he has his fall well he like because like think about it like um Carol's like maybe like four, five, six, maybe. He, he could be seven or eight. Okay, seven or eight. But like, Munt is definitely his 20s at the least. Yeah. So he's like about, like, Carol's about 70, maybe. Yeah, so Munt is maybe about 90. Yeah, but he doesn't look, he looks younger than yeah, Carol. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, just. Okay. Oh, I would have a touch on this. Didn't go the way I was expecting to go your verdict. This <sighs> is to get it to a tiebreak. Oh, no. I have to. I have to vote. Oh, the vote is I don't vote. want to take it to a tiebreak no, just, no, for, just the, for the for the sake, sake of it. No, no. I, I'm going to vote, and I genuinely yeah. want to vote. <laughs> I don't know what to vote. Um, for me, it boils down to Wally versus Carol. Um, I love Doug, and I love uh, I love uh, Russell. Um, and I love Eve. I I think I think I think Eve is a great character as well. I, but I mean, it's the protagonist, you know. It's Wally versus Carol. Um, and I'm going to vote for Wally. I'm going to vote for Wally because I feel. 
Oh God, I feel that like I feel that like Carol, Carol. I mean, I've already spoken about how much I love this film. Carol is an amazing character. Um, and you were saying earlier about the the back the the supporting cast is better, is stronger in uh, in in Up, and I think, I mean, they certainly has more good characters in, in Up than there is in in Wally. But Wally is the best character in Wally. And Wally is in basically the entirety of Wally. Um, Carol is in Up, but there is a little bit of focus on other characters come in. Um, the oh God, I'm struggling to even verbalize this. Um, I just I've never feel... seen you go into much detail. <laughs> uh, <laughs> because I feel like I'm betraying up. up. Because like I love up so much. I just I it's it's just like a picking. This is Sophie's choice for me. It's like picking between you know one of your kids. Um, I I I got I gotta go with Wally. Just I've when I watched them this week, I have to go on that. And when I watched them this week, um, Wally was like a hundred and. Carol is like ninety nine, and that one percentage is extra as I give it to to Wally. Pixar will be happy regardless. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That was oh my god, I I'm sweating. That was difficult. <clears throat> that was not an easy decision. That's to make. two we disagreed on. Yeah, that's nice. So that makes it um, is that four two to uh, Wally? Yeah, I think so. So let's see. The first one we you voted for up. I voted for Wally. Yeah. Second, we both voted for Wally. Yeah, so it's and three. Last one. Time I was up yeah, to four Wally. two. Yeah, four two to Wally. Um, that's Pixar. Yeah. In so, the... so I think going into this, you were a little reluctant, were you? Into these movies. Um. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Did they surprise you? Well, I'd seen it before. I, I remembered. You know being entertained by it uh but you know there's definitely there's elements in both films that have a lot of um poignancy and emotion and you know whether it's kind of the wally it's kind of that you know the the the, kind of the loner and he's kind of indecisive and you know his nervous kind of you know Mm. uh things i kind of identify with (laughs) um but uh and then but then you have like uh you know, the whole thing with Carol and, and Ellie. Yeah. You know, that whole thing oh, yeah, is yeah. very powerful. And then obviously stuff with Doug. Yeah. Um, you know, having a golden retriever as well. <laughs> no, I'm not even joking. Like, no, I is. know. I know. And um, that's why I always felt up as a perfect movie for you. Because it's got an amazing story, amazing characters. <clears throat> and it's got a golden retriever in it. That 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 that, that shows a golden retriever exactly as how, how they are as characters. It's uh the best golden retriever depiction since Shadow. <laughs> yeah, and that's high praise coming from you because Shadow is the reason why you have Adia. Um, but well, I just I felt I picked I picked these two movies. Well, one obviously because I absolutely love both of them. Uh, yeah, I, as I said, like they are two of my favorite films of all time. There's no doubt about it. I think they're two of the best films of the last thirty years. Like, again, absolutely no doubts whatsoever. Um, but what I what I loved about them is obviously about Pixar but all of the bottom is that Wally is about the search for love and Up is about dealing with the end of love, of love. Yeah. and it's a perfect cap a beginning and an end 
um, and a great way to go start off at Wally and end with up. Mm. Um, I think even you know if you're doing a double bill of Pixar, it's a great two movies to put together. Yeah, yeah. that's a good way to close it out. Yeah. Um, so that was uh, that was very difficult for me, but I really enjoyed it. I don't. Yeah, I said that's the most detailed like uh, brief. Or... <laughs> <laughs> deconstruction, evaluation, uh, analysis uh, that we've done of any of the of the films so far. <laughs> I enjoyed it thoroughly, um, but I'm then, I'm looking forward to next week. Well, I think we'll, we'll, we'll I guess when we tell them now what what the plan is for yeah so yeah for October it's just going to be all horror horror themed uh, films. So we've we've. There's going to, yeah, every Friday there's going to be a new episode like normal. But then on Halloween night, there's going to be oh well, I say Halloween night. Halloween. It's gonna be a bonus. There will be an extra episode yeah. next month. Just to put even more pressure on ourselves. Just <laughs> we're starting off with this podcast. We decided, oh let's just throw out two in one week. Sure, why not? Because when um, we were checking to see is it falling on a Friday yeah. and we we're like no, it's Saturday. We said, "Oh, we'll just we still we got we'll do, do an extra. We got to do a Halloween yeah. one." So essentially, the next six six episodes, episodes will all be horror. Be, so hopefully, you like horrors. <laughs> <laughs> we actually we actually haven't done any horrors yet because they've been no. We were action. we were we were saving off for 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 October. Yeah, and then obviously um, we've had the Pixar one now as well. So again, it's going to be a big shift again. So we had the action battle kind of films into the Pixar, and then into horror. Yeah. But um, yeah. So um, if you like what you hear, please uh, like, comment, subscribe, follow us, share it if you can. Anybody you know that likes, you know, people rambling for I don't know how long we've been on Pixar and then jumping on to some classic horror, which actually Did next we actually week. Mention... No, we didn't. I was about to yeah. say next week it is Night of the Living Dead versus Twenty Eight Days Later, classic original zombies. Versus the uh, kind of resurgence of zombies in the what is it, 1990, 2000s? It was around 2002. 2002. And I guess it, it's kind of the quintessential American zombie film up against maybe the quintessential uh, British zombie film. Maybe, um, uh, what's the one like the comedy one that got 2005? Would probably, Shaun of the Dead would probably, um, rival it maybe. Uh, but, yeah, I think some people, but yeah. I think I think this is a, for flat out horror. I think it, it's a, it's a good mix. Yeah. You got you got you got your classic zombies, the film that started it all, versus the uh, oh, I mean, I would say current, but that's eighteen years ago now, which is kind of crazy. But and then uh, even then, like it's going to be a nice, we're a nice mix of the horrors that we. Um, yeah, we're going to try do. and do mix up them. Yeah. We'll, 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 we'll 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 tell you each each uh, yeah. each movies. The week before, like always, but, um, but yeah, and we until should, uh, the, uh, just again plugging oh, if you want to yes. plug, just about uh, you can find us on Facebook, the movie about the podcast, on Twitter, it's the movie about the podcast again. There is it, it's uh, at um, movie battle one, I think it is. Okay. Uh, better, I should check that yeah. <laughs> if you type in movie battle podcast on Twitter, you'll find us, or um, hashtag the MVP, I think, as well. You should find us, and um, then you can eat if you want to send us. An email, it's uh, the movie battle podcast at gmail.com. Yeah, so, again, um, if any feedback will be great, uh, just if any of you are recurring listeners, just even just the word say that you're enjoying it or 
parts that you like or parts that you think maybe we could tweak on, maybe improve on, you know, any feedback would be great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're open to any other feedback, yeah. you know. Um, we really would love to hear from you. Yeah, but with that, we'll, we'll leave it. We'll leave it there, so. We'll leave it there, so.